Good morning. Good morning. It's a good time in worship, wasn't it? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for your love for us. Your hand upon our lives for good, Lord. Not one good thing will you withhold from them that walk right before us, Lord. And so, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would keep us in the hour we live in, Lord. That you would strengthen our hands, Lord. You would teach us how to be a light in the midst of a dark and broken and Lord, fallen world, Lord. And so, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would keep us, Lord, strengthen our hands, our hearts, Lord. Lord, show us all the things we need to know, Lord, about you, Lord. And, and most of all, Lord, get glory, Lord. Um, get glory today, Lord, in, in all that you all that you want, Lord. And Lord, let us be instruments, Lord, of who you are, Lord. And so, Father, I pray, Lord, send us, Lord, a fresh anointing, a fresh, Lord, a fresh filling, Lord, and show us all the things you want to show us in this passage today, Lord Jesus. We love you, we honor you, we praise you. It is in Jesus' name we pray and for his sake. Amen. Amen. If you have a Bible, turn to Mark chapter 8, and we'll look at the first 10 verses I want to look at. It says, in those days, the multitude being very great and having nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him, to, to him and said to them, I have compassion on the multitude because they have now continued with me three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their own houses, they will faint on the way. For some of them have come from afar. Then his disciples answered him, How can one satisfy these people with bread here in the wilderness? And he asked them, How many loaves do um, you have? And they said, Seven. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves and gave thanks, broke them, and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And they set before the multitude, they set them before the multitude, and they also had a few small fish. And having blessed them, he said to set them also before them. So they ate and were filled, and they took up seven large baskets of leftover fragments. Now those who had eaten were about 4,000, and he sent them away, immediately got into the boat with his disciples, and came to the region of Dalmanutha. You know, this is an interesting passage because there's a lot of debates about this. You know, when you read different commentaries, they have different views on this particular passage here. Some make the claim that this is like almost a duplication or another view of the feeding of the 5,000. They said, well, you know, this is something, this is the same thing, it's just told a different way. But I don't believe that. And I'm going to tell you why I don't believe that. And I don't see it at all, because <clears throat> Jesus said this was a different event. I don't care what the scholars say, I don't care what all the, you know, the other commentators write. Jesus said that this was a different event than the feeding of the 5,000. Look at Mark further down verse 17 in the same chapter 
Look at verse 17. It says, but Jesus being aware of it said to them, why do you reason because you have no bread? Because he was talking to the disciples about the leaven of the Pharisees and they didn't understand it. So he says, do you not yet perceive nor understand? Is your heart still heartened? Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full of fragments did you take up? They said to him, 12. Also, when I broke the seven for the 4,000, how many large baskets full of fragments did you take up? And of course, it was um, seven. So Jesus said that this was a different event. Doesn't matter what nobody else think, amen? They would say, oh, well, that's, that's, it seems like it's the same thing. No, 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 it's not the same thing. So if Jesus says it, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. And the feeding of the 5,000 took place somewhere else. More than likely in the spring of the year because the feeding of the 5,000, when you read Mark chapter um, 6, verse 39, it says that they sat down, he made them sit down on green grass. So they sat down on green grass, and the feeding of the 5,000 likely took place among the Jews in the region of Galilee. In that region, Luke tells us when he writes about the feeding of the 5,000, he said the location was he took them and went aside probably into a deserted place belonging to the city of Bethsaida. So it was a different miracle. The miracle of the 5,000, it was 5,000 men besides women and children. So that might have been close to 15,000 people he fed. And they took up 12 baskets, smaller baskets. And that's written in all the Gospels. That's written in Matthew chapter 4, verse you know, 14, rather, verse 20, talks about it. Luke um, 9, 17, John chapter 6, 13, and they talk about what was left over. And, and of course here, we'll look at it in, um, in, in we saw it in Mark 4, um, 6, 43. So this miracle of feeding of the five, of the 4,000 rather, has notable differences. Because those who ate were 4,000 men besides women and children, Matthew tells us. So this is a different miracle. Because you can't put Jesus in the box. Amen. You can't say he only could do this. He could do anything. Amen. He could do anything. The only thing he can't do is fail. And I'll add the other thing in there he can't do. He can't lie. Amen. But he can't fail. Right. And other notable differences of the feeding of the 5,000 was the 5,000 was a deserted place but there was a place where you could buy food in the surrounding regions and towns and villages. In this miracle, the feeding of the 4,000, it was in a completely deserted place where no food places or 7-Elevens or Wawa's was nearby. And in the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus saw the multitude as sheep without a shepherd. But here in this miracle today, the feeding of the 4,000, it says, that because they had been with him three days and they were weary and they were faint-hearted. So in the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000, 
the disciples suggested to send the people away, but Jesus tells them to feed the crowd. But in this miracle, the feeding of the 4,000, it says Jesus himself is concerned about these people. They've been with me for three days. They're weary. If I send them away, they'll faint along the way. The feeding of the 5,000 was five loaves and two fish. And some young lad had that, you know, Andrew saw him. There's a young boy here with five loaves and two fish. But what are they among so many, he said, in John chapter 6, verse 9. But the miracle of the 4,000 is seven loaves and a few fish. You see the difference? So don't let nobody tell you it's the same miracle. Don't put Jesus in the box. He can meet all of our need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. He feeds us. When you woke up this morning and ate breakfast, the Lord fed you. Amen? Amen. He is the substance of life. And only Mark and Matthew records this feeding of the 4,000. Luke doesn't record it, and neither does John. Matthew would have been an eyewitness. Mark, who writes it through Peter, lends us. Peter would have been an eyewitness. So we have Jehovah Jireh, our provider. He feeds us. He takes care of his own. And we know when the Lord blesses, there's always leftovers and enough for everybody. My wife used to always say, why do you cook so much food? That's too much food. I'm saying, no, no, no. The Bible talks about leftovers. How many of y'all eat leftovers? I like leftovers. Even pasta is better the next day anyway. So it says in verse 1, in those days of chapter 8, the multitude being very great and having nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said to them, I have compassion because they have now continued with me three days and have nothing to eat. Now, he has the word compassion here. It's Spanish nomosea in the Greek. You know, we don't really use four-syllable um, words, but Spanish nomosea, about five syllables. And it means to inward parts, the, the, the inward parts, the, the move within, the, the, the bowels, where the bowels are, to be moved within. He was moved with compassion. Isn't that something? He see this crowd following him. They weary. And he's moved by that. When we follow him and we weary, he's moved by that. He's moved by that. You know, the worst thing in the world is to try to drive somewhere with a flat tire. You ever had a flat tire, so I'm trying to make it to the next gas station. And you just get weary, you know, plop, 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 plop. And then you think, oh, my rim going to be all messed up. And you, and you start thinking about other stuff. And sometimes our lives are like a flat tire. And he won't break a bruised reed, nor will he blow the smoking flags. He won't say, oh, man, they've been with me three days. That's on them. Didn't nobody tell them to follow me? Didn't nobody, look, that's on them. Look, tell them to go. Look, they should have brought lunch. So who told them to follow me these many days? He won't do that to us. Y'all understand that? 
When we fall on him, he's moved of all of our infirmities. And he loves us. He says, I have, I have compassion on the multitude. He's a compassionate God. Because they now continue with me. He didn't say us, not the disciples. He says, with me, three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry, look at this, to their own houses, they will faint. It's ekloo in the Greek. The word faint here is from the word out from and to, and the word loo, to loose, to go. It means let completely, let completely out as to entirely succumb. With the outcome of losing inner strength, hence to become weary or exhausted to the point of falling out. They will faint. If they went home, they'd people be all on the roadside falling all out. They will faint on the way, for some of them have come from afar. God never wants to send us away from his presence hungry or weak, or weary. He never wants you to leave church and hear the word of God, be fed the word of God, and feed the flock of God which is among you. It's the pastor's job. But he never wants you to leave out of here and feel worse than now you came in here. He don't want that from none of, none of us. Do you know, Jesus says, come unto me, all you labor and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon, you know, you take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle or meek and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for yourselves. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's light. You should leave out of here and say, God, just uplift something. I don't know what it is, but it was something I was carrying. Whether I knew all about it or not, he uplifted something. Amen? Amen. And Jesus cares. He cares about everything. Then his disciples answered him, how, and this is the human side of the disciples, how is usually our response in a crisis? How can we do this? How can, you know, not who, How? So he said, how can one satisfy these people with bread here in the wilderness? See how they calculate stuff? This is impossible. This is really impossible. How can I pay my bills when I have more bills than money to pay? How? How can I, you know, Finish college when all my grant money ran out, all my loans ran out. How, how, Lord? How, Lord? How am I gonna make it? I just got laid off. How? How? You know, we always ask the question, "How?" and not "Who?" or "What you gonna do next, Lord?" To blow my mind. Lord, what you going to do next? You got to be up to something. I don't have any strength. I don't have anything. I have nothing left in the tank. What are you going to do? You know how you don't have no nothing. And the Lord, he said, I don't want you to say how. I want you to say who. So we the how people, not the who people. 
when we look at our circumstances. And his disciples answered and said, how can one satisfy these people with bread here in the wilderness? Jesus can provide in the wilderness of life. Do you realize that? Not how, but who is he? Who is he to you? You know what he's called in the Old Testament? When God told Abraham, take thy son Isaac, thy only son, whom you love, up to Mount Moriah and offer him as a sacrifice. And uh, uh, um, Abraham takes Isaac with him and a few of his servants. And he tells the servants, you wait here, we'll come back. And he takes Isaac up there to Mount Moriah, Golgotha, the same place where Christ would be crucified, that same hill. And Isaac must have been really like a, 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 a submitted son because he said, Father, well, where's the, you know, where's the sacrifice? And Abraham said, the Lord himself will provide the sacrifice. I wouldn't have hardly been my, with my dad. I would have ran down that hill fast as I could. Dad, you on your own, you found it out. He says, and he's looking at you like, you the sacrifice. Because Abraham believed, you know what Abraham believed about God? Abraham didn't believe that God could raise Isaac from the dead only. Abraham knew that if Isaac was a burnt offering, that God could have raised him from the ashes. That's what Abraham believed. And that's when the Lord said that to Abraham, you know, in Genesis 22, 14, you know. Abraham, I'm Jehovah Jireh. Yahweh Yireh, that's what it says. I'm Jehovah Jireh. It was by faith. You have to believe by faith that God can provide for all of your need. And that he's the one that feeds us. It's all faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And he that comes to him must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. It's all faith. You can calculate all you want to. He ain't in our GPS. We said, recalculate, recalculate. He don't have to recalculate because he already knows what he's going to do. And it says in verse 5, he, meaning Jesus, asked them, how many loaves do you have? They said, how, Lord, how, how? He said, how many loaves do you have? And they said, seven. Now, when they fed the 5,000, they only had five loaves and two small fish. You know, Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming toward him. And he said to Philip, when he fed the 5,000, where shall we buy that these may eat, but the Bible says that he said this to test Philip, for he himself knew what he would do. Don't you know that God knows what he's gonna do before it happens? Don't you know that? A man had seven kids. The seven kids, he had enough food to feed six of them. He said, one of you guys going to die. Because I only have enough food for um, six. Which one of you will, you know, bypass this mill? And the middle child stood up. 
said, Dad, the food I have you know not of. Feed them all. The Lord will take care of me. The Lord will take care of us. He'll take care of you. When you don't understand, he'll take care of us. Because he himself knows what he will do in every circumstance. We'll learn later on what he did after we look at it. And it says in verse 6, So he commanded Christ, the multitude, to sit down on the ground. No, not on green grass. So we know that this is a time of different season of the year, a different location, maybe closer to the seashore where there was no grass. But on the ground, because when he fed the 5,000, he had them sit in groups of 50. And when he fed the 5,000, Mark and Luke said he commanded them to sit on green grass, possible implying that feeding the 5,000 was during the springtime. To sit on the ground, then he took seven loaves and gave thanks, broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before them, notice, and they set them before the multitude. What was that like? What was that like? You out in the wilderness and you with Christ and he turns the wilderness into a Dunkin' Donut or a Manhattan bagel or something. What is that like? He's the bread of life. The, the Bible says that he was the bread of life. Like when manna came down from heaven, Psalm 78 verse 25 said it was like angel's food. He's the bread of life. He's our provider. <clears throat> it's not about bread. It's about substance of life. Because when he does the feeding of the 5,000, John attaches a message to that, that he was saying, I am the bread of life. I am the substance of life. Amen. And we know that man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. You eat bread, is gone. I love bread. I shouldn't eat a lot, but I like bread. I don't know what it is about bread. Like, I like toast. You know, I like you. We were out to dinner last night. They had this bread. It was just so good. You know, I love bread. Some of y'all say, I don't eat bread. That's not in my diet. But I love it. They say, you're going to die, you eat bread. I said, well, I'm just going to die then because I'm going to eat it. I like pizza crust. You know what I mean? The kids on Thursday be throwing the crust away. I say, don't throw the crust away. Herman said, no more pizza. You're going to throw the crust away. I like bread. But I love that Jesus is the bread of life. So that covers every need. Not just my physical need, my spiritual need. And he took seven loaves. This is not barley loaves. The feeding of the 5,000 tells us what kind of bread it was. And feeding of the 5,000 says it was barley loaves. Here, it doesn't say barley loaves. Was it wheat? I don't know. Was it rye? I don't know what kind of bread it was. And he took the seven loaves and gave thanks, broke them, and gave them to his disciples. 
to set before them, before this 4,000, and they set them before the multitude. Notice, they also had a few, feeding of the 5,000 says two, here it says, a few small fish. And I don't know what kind of fish you like. I don't know if you ever was old enough, some of you are not old enough to remember this. They used to have a truck that drive around the neighborhood. They had a scale in the back and a little door and a window up. And he had a mic. Now I got porgies. I got trout. Fish man. Y'all don't remember that? <laughs> and he was scaling in front of the scales going over your face. <laughs> and he was going to put it in that little bag, that wax paper, and give it to you, tape it, and you're going out your way. The fish man. He says, they also had a few small fish having blessed, it's the word eulogio, we get the word eulogy from, to speak well of, to praise. He blessed them, he said, to set them before them also. See, in the feeding of the 5,000, he took the five loaves and the two fish, looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave, gave the loaves to his disciples. Here's a little bit different, a little bit different. Notice. So they ate. Was this the best fish fry ever? You know how some people like they fried fish with two slices of bread with a little ketchup on it and that little crunchy little breading and they just said, this is what I'm talking about. You know, and here it says, so they ate and were filled, cortazo, cortazo is the word in the Greek filled, to, to satisfy, to fatten. It's the same word used after feeding the 5,000. John also uses this word, an interesting word. John uses this word in Revelation 19.21 when he describes the births being filled with the flesh of those who rebelled against Jesus Christ during Armageddon. So they ate and were filled. They were satisfied. He satisfies us. He loads us daily with benefits. Are you satisfied with Jesus alone? The greatest satisfaction is knowing who you are in Christ. The greatest dissatisfaction is pursuing something all your life that you think will satisfy you, and when you get it, you're not satisfied. Isn't that interesting? And it says that, and they were filled, you know, they, you know, you go eat dinner, you should wear sweatpants sometimes, you eat so much. And they took of seven large baskets like hampers. Seven is the number of what? Not 12 like before when he fed the 5,000, but seven, which is the number of completion, is the number of perfection. In the Hebrew, the word is connected with the seventh day of God rested before the work of his creation. After the work of his creation, it was full, complete, good. It was perfect. Nothing could be added to these large baskets, these large hampers. Nothing. He says, seven large baskets of leftover fragments. I like, the, I like the idea that the Lord has leftovers. Just in case somebody late. You know how we do it here in this church. Liz and Maria, they know. 
They get the styrofoam plates and say, just in case somebody late and didn't get no food, here's your food. I like that. Leftovers. Because he wants to provide for everybody. He's always provides more than enough, even when we can't even see it with our own physical eyes. He always provides more than enough. We have everything we need for godliness in Christ. He always provides enough. And then it says, now those who had eaten were about 4,000. Matthew says it was about 4,000 men besides women and children. So it was more than that. Probably like 16,000 people there. And he sent them away. After they ate, he said, now you can go in your way because you won't faint on your way. Isn't that something? How the Lord cares about every little detail, even the very hairs on our head are numbered. Not counted. Because you can't count the number of hairs on your head. This is, the Bible says God knows the number of hairs on our head. Do you know what that means? He knows hair number one from hair number 2,000. Every detail he knows and he cares about in our life. And it says he sent them away. Immediately got into the boat with his disciples. And came to the region of Dalmanutha. Dalmanutha means bucket. was a fishing village, you know, on the western coast of the Sea of Galilee. Matthew says something different, which is interesting. Matthew says, and he sent away the multitude, got into a boat, and came to the region of Magdala. You know, Magdala was like the widest point. The Galilee Sea is seven miles wide. Magdala was on the west side of the Galilee Sea, a little city town where Mary Magdalene came from, Magdala. Maybe Mark says this is where he stopped off first, and Matthew says this is where he stopped off second. Or maybe these places were so close together, one called it one thing and one called it another. I don't think they contradict each other. I just think they had a different view of where he landed this boat or where he stopped on his, you know, on his, last, on his journey after this miracle. This is a miracle here. Do you know that he's the master of miracles? He is the master of miracles. And every time you look at your life, you look at your children's life, you look at the people around you, it's a miracle. It's a miracle that we all hear this morning. You know, we save, we love the Lord. You know, it's a miracle. And it's not religion, it's our relationship with Jesus Christ, that miracle. Every day I'm reminded that I'm saved. I can't believe that he saved me. I can't believe that I'm washed in the blood of Christ. I'm blood bought. No one can snatch me out of his hand. He, I have eternal life. I'm going to heaven. Something far more greater in the ages to come, it says in Ephesians 2, 7. We'll be learning of who he is. Look, I can't wait to get to heaven. But right now while I'm here, I know he feeds us. He provides for us. If you can drink clean water, you took a shower this morning, some of y'all, I mean, I hope all of everybody. You know, you, you, know, you brush your teeth, you, you, know, you, you know, all the things he provides for us every day. You got in your car, turn it, you can go to the gas station, put your, you know, your car, your ATM card in there and get gas or, you know, you can go to Wawa and buy a little burger or shake or something or go to Chick-fil-A you know I like Chick-fil-A you know he provides all these things 
I was craving so much for Chick-fil-A Friday night. I was laying down. It was like 8 o'clock. I said, I know I'm going to make it there. Woo! I got up. Went and got me some chicken nuggets. That's what I wanted, some chicken nuggets. And one of those Arnold Parmas, you know, the tea and the lemonade mixed together. I was so happy. I took that home, dipped it in the barbecue sauce. You're good, Lord. You're good. We don't thank the Lord enough for how good he is to us. Is he good to you today? Amen. Give the Lord a praise this morning if he's been good to you. He is good to us. He's a good guy. And so there's no need for none of us to think like, no, no, no. When stuff get tough, he ain't in it. He's still showing us and teaching us something. When it's, we know we're hard pressed on every single side, we look like, oh Lord, how could you let me get in this situation? We say it all the time, Lord, what is going on? We, you know, he's like, no, I love you. I got a plan for you. I'm still with you. I'm still in it. And you say, well, Lord, you're still in it? Yes. You still breathing? You still breathing? That means he's still in it. And you're still in it. So think about it. When you sit around and say, no, Lord, thank you this morning, Lord, thank you. Thank you for giving me the oatmeal I ate. And say your grace over your food, too. Amen. You know, that's the only place in the Bible when you say, say your grace, that's the word for intercession. You know, say your intercede over your food. Lord, bless this greasy cheesesteak. Lord, don't let it clog my arteries. Lord, raise my cholesterol. <laughs> Turn it into something like a vegetable in my bloodstream. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Let's stand up as we pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word today. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for how you're so good to us, Lord. You know how to encourage us. You know how to strip us, Lord, from every human entity, every human Lord, possibility to depend on and to depend totally on you, Lord. You're a God that can open the Red Sea. So how much more, Lord, can you bless us, Lord? Lord, we, we ask that you command the blessing. Life forevermore, Lord. We need you today, Lord. Bless us. It's a blessed assurance. We can say, Jesus is in mind. Oh, with a foretaste of glory divine. We have a foretaste of glory divine. We can't wait. To see you, Lord. And I have not seen, I have not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things you have prepared for those who love you. But by your spirit, Lord, they reveal to us. And so we have hope. We have a living hope. And we have a hope reserved for us in heaven. And so, Lord, bless everyone here. Lord, keep us. Strengthen us. Encourage us, Lord. As we walk through, Lord, this dusty world called earth. Lord, strengthen us, Lord, to believe that you are God and that you can do everything. And so, Lord, we love you, Jesus. We honor you. And we pray in the matchless, holy, mighty name of Jesus Christ. We pray. Amen.